Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In Foundry, a work all night. Most solemn, most great and dreadful in the solemn night. Eight or nine, I should say, or it might be seven, or it might be ten, for I did not count them. And from those craters puffed up gusts of encrimsoned material, here a gust and there a gust, with tinseled fumes that convolved upon themselves, and sparks and flashes all veiled in a garish haze of light. For the foundry worked, though languidly, and upon a rocky land four miles ahead, which no chart had ever marked, the Speranza drove straight with the current of the phosphorus sea. As I rose I fell flat, and what I did thereafter, I did in a state of existence whose acts to the waking mind appear unreal as dream. I must at once, I think, have been conscious that here was the cause of the destruction of mankind, that it still surrounded its own neighborhood with poisonous fumes, and that I was approaching it. I must have somehow crawled or dragged myself forward. There is an impression on my mind that it was a purple land of pure porphyry. There is some faint memory or dream of hearing a long-drawn booming of waves upon its crags. I do not know whence I have them. I think that I remember retching with desperate jerks of the travailing intestines, also that I was on my face as I moved the regulator in the engine-room, but any recollection of going down the stairs or of coming up again I have not. Happily the wheel was tied, the rudder hard to port, and as the ship moved she must therefore have turned, and I must have been back to untie the wheel in good time, for when my senses came I was lying there, my head against the under gimbal, one foot on a spoke of the wheel, no land in sight, and morning breaking. This made me so sick that for either two or three days I lay without eating on the chair near the wheel, only rarely waking to sufficient sense to see to it that she was making westward from that place. And on the morning when I finally roused myself, I did not know whether it was the second or the third morning, so that my calendar, so scrupulously kept, may be a day out, for to this day I have never been at the pains to ascertain whether I am here writing now on the 5th or the 6th of June. Well, on the fourth or the fifth evening after this, just as the sun was sinking beyond the rim of the sea, I happened to look where he hung motionless on the starboard bow, and there I saw a clean-cut, black-green spot against his red. A most unusual sight here and now. A ship, a poor thing, as it turned out when I got near her, without any sign of mast, heavily waterlogged, some relics of old rigging hanging over, even her bowsprit apparently broken in the middle though I could not see it, 
and she nothing more than a hirsute green mass of old weeds and sea things from bowsprit tip to poop and from bulwarks to water-line stout as a hedgehog only awaiting there the next high sea to founder it being near my dinner hour and night's rest i stopped the speranza some fifteen yards from her and commenced to pace my spacious poop as usual before eating and as i paced i would glance at her wondering at her destiny and who were the human men that had lived on her their christian names and family names their age and thought and way of life and beards till the desire arose within me to go to her and see and i threw off my outer garments uncovered and unroped the cedar cutter the only boat except the air pinnace left me intact and got her down by the mizzen five-block pulley system but it was a ridiculous nonsense for having paddled to her i was thrown into paroxysms of rage by repeated failures to scale her bulwarks low as they were my hands indeed could reach but i found no hold upon the slimy mass and three rope-ends which i caught were also untenably slippery so that i jerked always back into the boat my clothes a mass of filth and the only thought in my blazing brain a twenty-pound charge of gun-cotton of which i had plenty to blow her to uttermost hell i had to return to the speranza get a half-inch rope then back to the other for i would not be balked in such a way though now the dark was come only slightly tempered by a half-moon and i getting hungry and from minute to minute more fiendishly ferocious finally by dint of throwing i got the rope loop round a mast stump drew myself up and made fast the boat my left hand cut by some cursed shell and all for what the imperiousness of a whim the faint moonlight showed an ample tract of deck invisible in most parts under rolled beds of putrid seaweed and no bodies and nothing but a concave large esplanade of seaweed she was a ship of probably fifteen hundred tons three-masted and a sailor i got aft for i had on thick outer babooshes and saw that only four of the companion steps remained by a small leap however i could descend into that desolation where the stale sea-stench seemed concentrated into a very essence of rankness here i experienced a singular ghostly awe and timorousness lest she should sink with me or something but striking matches i saw an ordinary cabin with some fungoids skulls bones and rags but not one cohering skeleton in the second starboard berth was a small table and on the floor a thick round ink-pot whose continual rolling on its side made me look down and there i saw a flat square book with black covers which curved half open of itself for it had been wet and stained this i took and went back to the speranza for that ship was nothing but an emptiness and a stench of the crude elements of life nearly assimilated now to the rank deep to which she was wedded and soon to be absorbed into its nature and being to become a sea in little as i in time my god shall be nothing but an earth in little during dinner and after i read the book with some difficulty for it was pen written in french and discolored and it turned out to be the journal of some one a passenger and voyager i imagine who called himself albert tissu and the ship the marie meyer there was nothing remarkable in the narrative that i could see commonplace descriptions of south sea scenes records of weather cargoes and the like till i came to the last written page and that was remarkable enough 
it was dated the thirteenth of april strange thing my good god incredibly strange that same day twenty long years ago when i reached the pole and the writing on that page was quite different from the neat look of the rest proving immoderate excitement wildest haste and he heads it cinq heures i suppose in the evening for he does not say and he writes monstrous event phenomenon without likeness the witnesses of which must forever live immortalized in the annals of the universe an event which will make even mamma henry and juliet admit that i was justified in undertaking this most eventful voyage talking with captain tomberell on the poop when a sudden exclamation from him mon Dieu, his visage whitens i follow the direction of his gaze to eastward i behold eight kilometers perhaps away ten monstrous waterspouts reaching up up high enough all apparently in one straight line with intervals of nine hundred meters very regularly placed they do not wander dance nor waver as waterspouts do nor are they at all lily-shaped like waterspouts but ten hewn pillars of water with uniform diameter from top to bottom only a little twisted here and there and as i divine fifty meters in girth five ten stupendous minutes we look captain tomberell mechanically repeating and repeating under his breath mandu mandu the whole crew now on the poop i agitated but collected watch in hand and suddenly all is blotted out the pillars of water doubtless still there can no more be seen for the ocean all about them is steaming hissing higher than the pillars a dense white vapour vast in extent whose venomous sibilation we at this distance can quite distinctly hear it is affrighting it is intolerable the eyes can hardly bear to watch the ears to hear it seems unholy travail monstrous birth but it lasts not long all at once the marie meyer commences to pitch and roll violently and the sea a moment since calm is now rough and at the same time through the white vapour we see a dark shadow slowly rising the shadow of a mighty back a newborn land bearing upwards ten flames of fire slowly steadily out of the sea into the clouds at the moment when that sublime emergence ceases or seems to cease the grand thought that smites me is this i albert tissue am immortalized my name shall never perish from among men i rush down i write it the latitude is sixteen degrees twenty one thirteen south the longitude one hundred and seventy six degrees fifty eight nineteen west there is a great deal of running about on the decks they are descending there is surely a strange odor of almonds i only hope it is so dark mon so the frenchman tissue end of section nineteen recording by anise portland oregon www.strange-medicine.com